Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Hi everybody, welcome back. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Casey, and she is going to be sharing her story with us. So I'm really excited to get to chat with her. Um, I will pass it off to her and her cute teapot and she can introduce herself. Yes, I've been all ready to have some warm beverages with you and um, yeah, so my journey started at nine years old. Um, I had a bunch of bouts with ear infections and everything and I went from really tiny to just really big and I stopped growing. Um, my mom didn't know what to do. We, I live in Montana. I used to live in Montana with a population of like a hundred people in my hometown. So general practitioners weren't really, I mean, were really the norm. There wasn't very many specialists that we could go to. Um, luckily we found a endocrinologist team that traveled around the state to help, um, children in my situation and I got diagnosed and they put me on growth hormone straight straight away Um, and we went on that lovely journey of growth hormone shots and tears and all that stuff for a few years and I got to about five almost approaching five one not quite there but almost approaching and um, I've been fortunate enough to where I haven't had too many heart issues, too many um, issues as of yet, but um, yeah, we've just had that experience, and it's been so great being a part of this community, um, being Mosaic, and just learning about everybody's journey. That's incredible. That is so cool to hear about. There was an endocrinology team moving around this state. Um, I've heard of, so in Kansas, I know there was a like specific Turner syndrome clinic that sounded really, really cool. Um, How did you get in touch with the endocrinology team that was moving around the state? Did your GP know about them? Nope. My mom did a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of research. Um, Most of the time, um, the GPs would just say that she'll she'll eventually grow. She's gonna. She just has baby fat. She's not hyperthyroid. She's just you know they they thought I was eventually gonna grow out of it. And my mom was just like, no, I don't really think so. And so my mom, I have to say, is probably one of the first and best examples of being your own medical advocate. Is she did, she read journals, she did research, and she, luckily, we found this, we, we found the team through, through research and just talking to hospitals and seeing if we could see any specialists and at least get a karyotype test. So that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, moms are powerful. They are. amazing. You hold the power of the mama bear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, there have been. (laughs) Oh, man, I've heard so many amazing stories of moms just like, no, 
sorry, no, I don't buy it. We need to do more. Mm-hmm. And especially as a nine-year-old, you know, she was, she was so important for you. And that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So you were mosaic. Yes, I am. I okay. have three normal legs on my chromosome, on my second X, and a itty bitty one. So three, three regular and one itty bitties. So had there, has there been, um, besides the short stature and growth and um, all of that, has there been any other significant ways it's affected you? Um, I can, I've definitely, I know growing up, we, um, my, we actually had a family friend who was, uh, who worked with, um, children and learning and, um, we, she did, we did some tests as far as, and I, I appeared okay, but there also was some struggles, you know, I, unfortunately with the well not unfortunately actually when you get older it benefits but with Turner's girls we we look like we're young we're really and I think um some some of the times with that you know I've always been told oh it's going to be great when you get older but it also can be a detriment when you are in you know your adult stages and you know people even with with the way you you present yourself, you ha- I feel like sometimes you have to work really hard to be taken seriously as an adult. And I had to do that even when I was in, you know, the younger stages because I was a little sister to everybody. I, I was, I mean, and I'm the baby in my house too. So <laughs> it's everybody look after, you know, everybody look after Casey, make sure she's okay. And it's like, yeah, but. I want to be able to make sure that I know stuff on my own and I can make decisions for myself too. I don't have to have a keeper and watcher all the time. I mean, so it's, it's, a, it's, I, I, I had to struggle with that and there was some learning difficulty sometimes too. I, I wasn't properly diagnosed, but I have a feeling I have a little bit of dyslexia every now and then mm. that creeps up. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh absolutely yes to everything you just said it is it is something that yeah I've heard so many times oh honey you'll love that when you get older and I'm like yeah okay we'll see but I used to when I was younger when I was in like early high school I was 15 but I looked like 12 or 13 mm-hmm I would put makeup on and it can make a huge difference in me actually looking my age. Now it doesn't change it as much. So I'm like, okay. And not in, well, in my family, I'm the baby too. I'm the baby and the only girl. So I had double the everybody make sure she's okay. And you know, that, that sense of, everybody watched out for me and was protective over me. Not that they would do stuff for me, but they were like overly protective. Right. And, and to some extent that puts you in that place of it's harder to grow up out of that. Yeah. 
and mm -hmm. I've seen that get better and I've seen it shift in different ways, but it was definitely something, especially in my early 20s, that I had to fight a lot more. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I do appreciate, don't get me wrong, I do appreciate everything that my, my circle has done for me. I fortunately have a great support system and a great circle, and I'm really, and I'm really appreciative of that. Um, with that sometimes comes a little bit of naivete that's that's delayed, you know, and I I you kind of become a sense of a, a late bloomer a little bit sometimes in some things. And um you and so with that, I mean I I feel like being being turners and having, you know, at having um, just have those, those issues. I, I feel like I'm extremely fortunate on that spectrum. You know, I hear, you know, with, with the, especially with the heart and the kidneys, and I totally, um, I totally am just sending all, all the good vibes to, to everybody who's dealing with that, because that's, that's a long road, and I do acknowledge I'm, super fortunate in that aspect of things. Yeah, it's, it's a dose of reality every time I see another post on Facebook is usually where I end up seeing it that somebody else not just is having heart issues, but passed away from um, a dissection or um, during the surgery, stuff like that. It's it's very, very overwhelming and humbling. Um, so I am curious, you talked about your mom doing research. Mm -hmm. What was her biggest source of researching she would do? Was it all online? This was in the 90s. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm 36, which again, we say with the age, I re remember people, uh, this 20 year old girl I was working with, this is just a side story. She was, she was like, oh, you know, people our age. And I go, ah, yeah, yeah, people our age. I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I, so she had to do reading the, well, you know, reading the journals, getting, going to the doctors, getting getting actual, we had pamphlets and reading materials, like you would not believe just papers, papers bracketed and stacked um, around for, for reading for, for quite a while there until I got diagnosed. I definitely remember that. That's incredible. So how do you, do you know what her strategy was for how she would share that information with you? Did she have did she just share it as she learned it or was there a way she was sharing it with you as she figured it out to kind of help you navigate that at such a young age? I don't remember us actually like sitting down and having a talk talk about it. Um, I just remember there was a lot of self-esteem issues with, with me um, growing, especially with the huge body change between eight and nine. Like I went, again, I went from a tiny little stick to just like, I, I was, I was bigger and 
kids, kids, you know, they can be honest, <laughs> sometimes not the nicest ways. And I got teased a lot. And what happened basically was I, whenever I would come to her with that of why can't I be like I, like I was or why, why are people teasing me, stuff like that, um, she would just, from what I remember, I, um, because this has been a while, but from what I remember, we would just say, well, you know, like, we're, we're working on, we're working on some, I, I understand that you're, I, I have a, like, I understand that you're not feeling good, and that this is a different, you're not feeling comfortable in your body, and that's something's different, and we're working on figuring out exactly what that is, and so it was basically hang in there, we're, you are, you are beautiful the way you are, and we're gonna try and figure out what's going on because I know that this is uncomfortable for you. That's awesome. Yeah. So, as you've gone through finding out and everything, what do you feel like has been the biggest way it's impacted your life? I mean, there's a group, like I've had to. I mean, as far as being short, you always have those battles. Actually, watching Rick TV, I laughed myself so much with your driving episode. Oh, yeah. It just took me back to my struggles with driving and my, my anxiety with space. Um, I, 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 I try my best not to be, like, the most pleasant person, but there is there is space things. Sometimes I don't approximate exactly where, while I'm holding a cup, where to put my cup down. I have to sometimes focus on that if I'm not paying attention or with driving cars and cars in front of you, space equivalents to things. Um, so, and then uh, like with the, with the learning a little bit too, um, there were, there were some things where I just, I feel like I had to learn patience with myself and like understanding that I don't have to be fast at everything. Um, slow, uh, slow is just as good as fast and, and slowing down has been a really big learning experience for me. Yeah. And, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> driving is an interesting one. I don't think... I even noticed I didn't feel confident with spatial awareness until I started driving. I knew I was klutzy. I knew I was like very, very clumsy, but I, I had no clue. I, I guess I would have moments, but I didn't really notice it until then. So things like adjusting the seat, things like, making really tight turns or something. Um, <laughs> it got interesting in the beginning. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. So for learning, mm -hmm. was there anything that stuck out to you that really made a difference in helping you? Besides, I know you mentioned slowing down and just taking it slower when you needed to acknowledging what my learning what what works for me as far as learning skills 
I'm kind of a little bit weird because I hodgepodge stuff. So like with directions, if you tell me take a left, take a right, and then take another left and don't draw it out for me, you might as well be talking on deaf ears because I can't correlate that. I You have to draw, I either have to have a map in front of me like GPS map or I have to I have to be able to visually see it. However, if I'm like reading a book and I have to like read a novel or something, like audio, audio books and actually having somebody read the story to me is a lot, keeps me a lot engaged longer than I do that. So acknowledging just the different types of learning what works for me with certain aspects and acknowledging that it varies from topic to topic you know you you just have to kind of gauge exactly what what works for you in that aspect and that just comes with practice and being open to trying different things yes yeah i i feel like that's the biggest thing because those things are so individual I get a lot of questions about like advice for talking to a teacher about it or advice for trying to find things. And it's so individual. It really just is about doing the work of learning yourself. And it's such a personal thing, you know, yes. like you, you're the only one that can tell me that's kind of the hard part about being a teacher is the person you're teaching can only be the one that can tell that can the light bulb goes off. They're the one that can experience that. You can't experience that for them. You can only reiterate what what knowledge you have and hopefully you you connect on a different, you know, on a different thing. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, it's, and as I said, I've, I've been to college, I've done high school. So this has been a lot of practice with flashcards and practice with trying different things as far as what, what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. That, I feel like it's that with almost everything with Turner's because it's so volatile, mm -hmm. you know, with school, with medical stuff, just being open and taking each situation individually almost. So do you still see an endocrinologist regularly? I do. Um, it's actually I have a funny story about that. <laughs> My last endocrinologist had to look up in a medical journal how to approach Turner's syndrome and asked me, and I pretty much knew exactly the questions he was going to ask because he's like, "You're he was he's to give them the benefit to give them the benefit of the doubt. They were new. Mm -hmm. There you um you could tell that they were younger and." I, I mean, I kind of sympathize with people who have kind of the more invisible diseases. You know, we don't outright, sometimes we, especially me, who has had growth hormone and isn't like dramatically, you know, smaller, you know, you 
you wouldn't, I feel like maybe with a couple things, but you wouldn't necessarily see me on the street to know that I had, that I would have had these symptoms. So they, you know, it's, oh, you have certain thing with your nails. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I do. Like, oh, your, your neck, you know, is, is a little bit wet. Yeah, it is a little bit wet. Like, blah, blah, blah. And so it, it was interesting to kind of go through that process of him putting two and two together on our first meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I've, uh, again, being your own medical advocate, knowing, knowing, even if they suggest, like, I know they suggested maybe certain tests for me that I'm like, and I, I kind of, I took it as an a la carte menu almost. Okay, so you want me to do this test? I don't necessarily know if I need to do that because I've already know kind of what's going on here but okay I'm open to doing this and making sure that this is okay I understand with that yeah um I feel like um medicine yeah science in general is just constantly evolving and there isn't any exact answers at all so it's all about working for you and what what you feel comfortable with and yeah. having that power you know, it's your body, you're, you have the choice to, to see, or you know what feels right and what, what doesn't. Yeah. Oh man. I have had, not with my endocrinologist, but with, um, with ear infections, I've gone to urgent care a lot. And <laughs> I've gotten that reaction from doctors there. Well, where they'll, I've, I, one doctor asked me outright, what, what is Turner syndrome? And I'm like, well, right. you explain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what was your response or reaction to them kind of going through that, like, well, not really sure what it was or how to start with you. I mean, I've had people ask me question, you know, questions throughout my life that, and I feel like it's just a sense, in a sense, it's just a sense of patience. Like, you know, okay, let them go through. I know, I knew with my interaction at that time, it was just, okay, let them do the checkbox in their head because that's what they're doing. They're making sure that they're, they've covered everything that might be of concern. That's their job as a doctor. That's, that's good. Okay. Whether, I mean, that, so just being patient and letting them do that checkbox. Sometimes whether, I mean, personally, as far as any individual, I would say, if you feel like after that one meeting that it wasn't for you, by all means, you do not feel have to feel obligated to go to that person again. Um, keep keep going. Keep finding people you connect with that you feel have your best interest, and just I mean, just do do your best that way. It's a constant journey as far as medical stuff. I mean, I've even had 
um, I think one of the major things was I went to university and I was doing medical reception mm. and um, I had to have a talk with my professor, one of my professors that was teaching um, anatomy and physio or anatomy and physiology class that was the basis for most nurses and everything. And it said in the book that the majority of the time people with Turner syndrome are mentally delayed. And that they normally don't make it, but most of the time if they do, they're mentally delayed and they have a lot of obstacles. And I had to patiently wait after class and say, I actually am diagnosed with that. I'm getting an A in your class. You, like, I don't consider myself mentally delayed. I know plenty of people that aren't that have this that aren't mentally delayed. Not, not that, you know, that everybody has their struggles, but that shouldn't be. I kind of worry with that wording that that's something that's going to be stereotyped with people that have our condition. Yeah, and absolutely. We had a we had a we had a talk about that. And yeah, and so we, I mean, we, she, she took my consideration and then I finished the class with, with an A and whatever happened further than that, I, I do not know, but I do know that I feel glad that I, I said something and I, and I, and I acknowledged that as something that was incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. I I had not with the textbook with the wording that one of my teachers in high school used. I was in a biology class and my my teacher we were talking about chromosomal disorders and I was like, "Oh gosh, am I about to read about myself?" Right. And um she was talking about down syndrome to start and so she's talking about them you know the the down syndrome is extra chromosomes mm -hmm. and she made the statement you can survive with more than the normal amount of chromosomes you can't survive with less and i'm like <laughs> well I'm a survivor. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Have you ever heard of Turner syndrome? And I wasn't telling anybody. Like I had my two best friends that knew and my family and that was it. So nobody else in my school knew. I wasn't about to say it in front of my class, but I just said, have you ever heard of it? And she said, yes. And I'm like, okay. And I was just like, do I burst her bubble and say, I have that? Guess what? I'm alive. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's, it almost feels like the same experience with the doctor, but doctors a little more intensely like what? Right. <laughs> it's, oh man. Yeah. 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 It's a crazy experience to have those moments. It does. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And you like to, and I kind of wonder what happened before modern medicine. You know, if we want to deep down that that rabbit hole, like, what I I feel even as a kid of like the '90s that I had these 
things that I could use that modern medicine modern medicine pro provided and we and so I mean there are people that I feel like that above all odds we 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 survive and we and and, and I like to think thrive you know do our best to thrive in 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 this world and it's I think having this is definitely I like to reiterate again like a sense of patience with other people as far as under as far as trying to understand something that they don't have that's not apparent all the time to people in in this in this world you know we yeah and there's not a ton of understanding no um, that's kind of why i well initially i started sharing because i wanted to document my fertility testing i was doing and everything in the very beginning um but then i just started realizing more and more people don't know about turner syndrome and the more I talked about it, the more there were other girls going, I'm so glad you're talking about this. Nobody talks about it and I feel so alone. And just being able to explain better, even to like my friends that I don't see very much, but I know I keep in touch with through social media, they get to understand this better because of this. And so then they're telling me, oh, I knew what it was when this person was talking about it because I've watched your stuff or I've seen your posts. And that's why I feel like sharing our stories is so important. The numbers make you feel like it's rare, but we're a bigger number than, than it feels like. And for that reason, it should be much better understood than it is. Right. Right. It's, oh man. And especially with how complicated <laughs> turners can be. Oh. There are some basics we can get down here that would help. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. So how much do you feel like in your life would be different if you didn't have turners? What would you say it's drastically changed in you as a person, I guess, like lessons it's taught you? I know you've talked about patience and everything. I mean, I, I like to think that it's made me the, it has made me the person I am. I've, I've always, I mean, I was diagnosed at nine, but I've always had it and that it's, and Turner syndrome is part of me. It's part of my identity. It's, I don't know, I know that sounds kind of silly, but I don't know if I could imagine myself without it because it is part of me and my personality and what makes me me, you know? I mean, yeah, we have, we, we have certain things that stand us apart from, from other people. The, the shortness, the a little bit of the struggle with the learning, the, the distance issues. Yeah, we, we have those things, but that makes that makes you you. That makes the quirkiness of what you are. And and so I just want and I know this sounds silly, but I just want to tell all the girls out there that have Turner syndrome, you 
we talk about being butterflies and you are and each one of you is unique in your pattern in your wings and all of and all of them are pretty in their own way and don't and i i i've had issues where i've struggled with why can't i just make things why can't things be easier sometimes and it's it's what it and if the most of the time it's just it's what makes you you and you have and that's a battle you have to face and everybody faces different battles and this is just one that is that's personal that's yours that you have yeah. to fight yeah 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 i think there's so much perseverance you have to push through like so many things that you you have to have a lot of strength to get through that oh man it it leaves its imprint on you mm -hmm. and that's kind of what i try to embrace over feeling like it holds me back right it can be difficult to remember <laughs> constantly <laughs> but oh man thank you so much for talking with me this was oh, awesome i am so absolutely ecstatic that we got to get together and i got to actually talk with you i just feel like you and this uh i feel like youtube buddies like i watch you on tv and i'm like oh we're so good my boyfriend always jokes about oh you watch these people on YouTube and they're like, you're, you know, your friends. I'm like, yeah, and now I actually get to have a conversation with you. And it's just, it's fantastic. So yeah. I, I'm really, I'm really thankful that you invited me and thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for wanting to come on and share. Is there anything um, that we didn't touch on that you would want to share before we wrap things up? Um, I would just say that I, I just, I love our sisterhood and I am super thankful for everybody out there listening and keeping our hearts and minds open and, um, thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.